Hey, I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, August 22nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Peak Pals, for your fact of the day, there is 425 million grams of dried cannabis that licensed Canadian pop producers destroyed last year due to overproducing and underselling. Now, this really speaks to the roller coaster that is Canadian cannabis. While once filled with great enthusiasm, Canada's cannabis industry has deflated with sky-high valuations of some of the biggest players tanking and many others just going straight up out of business. Now, basically what's happened here is that the big Canadian cannabis companies, well, they bought into the hype around the industry. And you saw that in 2016, 2017, and 2018. But that hype, once it became legal, never actually translated into, well, sales. So Canadian producers are gearing up for huge demand from customers back in 2017 before legalization. And then what ended up happening is that they're stuck with way too much production capacity and in many cases are even forced to destroy perfectly good products. Peak Pals, you hate to see a good thing go to waste. A good thing that's not going to go to waste today, though, is our Peak Daily Edition. We've got three great stories for you. For our first story, another meme craze has come and gone. For our second story, insurers may not cover certain cyber attacks. And for our last story, new crypto regulations are on the horizon. For our first story, and just like that, another meme stock craze has come and gone. This one was Bed Bath & Beyond, a beloved brand. And just five months after, activist investor and billionaire Ryan Cohen took on a 10% position in Bed Bath & Beyond. His sudden exit has sent shares spiraling by 40%. Now, let's get you caught up here. So Cohen who funded the online retailer Chewy, or founded it, is the chair of GameStop and has become a now formally beloved character in the meme stock world. Earlier this week, he launched the BBBY, that's the Bed Bath & Beyond stock ticker, stock back into the R Wall Street Bets Reddit after, in relevance, after sharing that he had purchased options with strike prices between $60 and $80 per share. Now, that's a bet that they would rise in 5 to 7x in value. Now, Reddit investors, as you can imagine, they loved this. They, they know Ryan Cohen, they saw him at GameStop, and they thought this is a great investment opportunity. So they all piled in to BBBY as part of a huge short squeeze, which hurts big institutions with bets on the stock falling with the spiked shares. Now, as the stock surged 70% on the news, Cohen immediately shared, started to unload his position at prices ranging from $18 to $29 per share. With an average purchase price of $15.34, Cohen earned $57 million and lost just $1.6 million on his options bet. And the stock has continued to tank. Now you're probably thinking, well, come on, this is kind of crazy. What's next? This guy's got to get in trouble or something. But the answer is really nothing is going to happen unless someone can prove that Cohen chose to disclose his options purely to lift BBBY's share price and flip a profit, which is actually really hard to prove. But judging by a Reddit thread, boy, are some investors pissed. Some say they're done with Cohen, going as far as threatening to sell their GameStop stock, God forbid. And this is why it matters. The situation falls into the gray area surrounding meme stock trading, in which the hype around one company, or one individual in this case, can create millions of dollars in profits overnight without generating any real underlying value behind the company. To make this even crazier, it's not a true meme stock story, unless there's at least one college student whose newfound wealth makes you question your existence. And we've got that for you here today, Peak Pals. Jake Freeman, a student, has banked $110 million by buying 4.69 million BBBY shares with only $25 million. But here's the thing, Peak Pals, 
it's not a true rags to riches story because he was trading his own uncle's money. So don't feel too bad about yourself. For a second story, first, it was flight cancellations. Now, insurers, they won't even cover cyber attacks. What's next, Peak Pals? So, look, here's what's happening. Starting next year, Lloyd's of London insurers, which includes Lloyd's Canada, will no longer offer coverage for state-backed cyber attacks in their policies. So, claimants must also have a robust process for determining the source of attacks, which is easier said than done because the line between state-backed and quote-unquote, in support of, that's often pretty blurry. Now, recent government reports have deemed the state-backed cyber attacks by hostile nations are, quote-unquote, the greatest strategic threat to Canada. Uh, that's a big statement. Now, cyber attacks are also becoming more frequent and sophisticated than ever before. So the fact that Lloyd's of London is no longer going to cover this type of attack, it's kind of a big deal. Now, the reason why this is happening is that state-sponsored cyber attacks have cost Lloyd's well, a lot of money and too much in the end. The company noted that paying out these high-ticket damages also poses systemic risk to the broader insurance market. Lloyd's is the first insurer to unambiguously remove any such provisions, but other insurers are amending their cybersecurity policies after a ruling last year that entitled pharma giant Merck to collect a payout after a state-backed cyber attack. And, and here's the bottom line. The federal government is working to step up Canada's cybersecurity game by proactively committing new funding. But victims, they might still lose some financial protections if these insurance changes continue to go through. And for our last story, Canada's top financial regulator has introduced its first ever framework to limit the exposure of federally regulated financial institutions like banks and insurers to Crypto assets. Haven't talked about these in a while, but they are back and they aren't going anywhere, Peak Pals. So here's what's happening. Starting in Q2 of 2023, financial firms must notify the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, OSFI, if Group 2, quote unquote, Group 2 crypto assets, the definition of which is vague, but includes basically all crypto exceeds 1% of their total capital. Now, on the other hand, Group 1 crypto assets defined by their safeguards and ties to tangible assets will receive the same treatment as comparable traditional assets. Now, the framework says that firms should notify their lead supervisor if they plan to engage in crypto assets and includes a long list of considerations per existing requirements before a firm can take the fearless plunge on a bored ape dogecoin. That doesn't exist yet, but I'm sure, well, I'm sure it, it might. And if it doesn't, I'm sure it will at some point, which is why this all matters. Crypto is uh, kind of the wild west these days. Financial institutions have an outsized impact on the Canadian economy. And by limiting their exposure to volatile assets like crypto assets and ensuring money managers can take calculated risks, the idea is, is that we'll all be better off. But, you know, who knows? We'll just start trading Dogecoins. Anything can happen. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readpeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Jay. I know you're on a hike right now, but thank you still for being a great co-host. And Peak Pals, have a great week.